Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 51. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic song, Seek Ye First, reviewing March's Song for the Everyday Challenge, interviewing author Bob Hartman, and considering how to write rhyming Bible songs for our April challenge. All right, Joel. Hello. Hello. All right. All right, love. Should we start always start off going? like this from now on? Cockney geezers, yeah. like. Yeah, nice. Right, Sparrow. All right, apple and pears. <laughs> How you doing? That was for our American listeners. Yeah, it's, it's how we all talk here. Mary Poppins. <laughs> did you? Did you? Have you seen the new Mary Poppins? Did I ask you this? Oh, before? it's great. I thought it was it's brilliant. Cra- I, to be fair, I've never seen the first one. Classic. What? Honestly, yeah. So I didn't have that have thing you lived where I go, your life oh, it's that- not got all those memories and your neurological synaptic pathways of the first one. I just that's, thought, but what, that's weird film. that you've never seen the original Mary Poppins. Yeah. It's a great film. My my wife's parents have never seen Star Wars. Yeah, that happens as and well. They don't, they don't even want to. Like it's the yeah. always rated the best film of anything ever. Whether you like that kind of thing or not, you'd think at some point you'd think, yeah, maybe I should watch yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I have endless conversations with Sarah about <laughs> the fact that she doesn't like Star Wars. <laughs> she just keeps saying it sends me to sleep because it's all grey. Oh, that's like that's not a reason to not like a film. That's like not liking a Swedish winter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I have a new album coming out. Da, 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 da. That's that exciting. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's the first time I've done something quite like this. Uh, so Bob Hartman has done this forty-one rhyming Bible stories, which is a book come yeah. out with SBCK, and. Uh, he chatted, well, I think originally to you, and then to me, yeah. uh, and I actually went on and did something about it. So yeah. I wrote um, some songs, and then Elevation, which is kind of linked to Spring Harvest, has recorded them, uh, and the album is going to be out as people listen to this podcast. So That's so exciting. Tell us a little yeah. bit. Come on, tell us a little... Oh, are you going to tell us later about how you did it? Well, I don't know. Tell us later, because okay. it's going to link to the challenge, isn't it? I'm kind of interested, though, about the the whole label experience. So you've worked with a label here. Now, for some people, that would just yeah. been like a normal thing to do, but we're strangely independent. And yeah, what's that been like? Well, it's been really positive, actually. So um, Sue Rinaldi is the label boss. We've heard, um, had an interview with her, haven't we? Mm. She's she's great, I think. And I basically, so I had about I don't know fourteen demos of ideas of songs and sent it to her. And she kind of sent back a load of comments and her comments were most because the way we went about the album was I thought that Bob would do a lot of the vocals. So I thought, well, Bob's not strictly a singer. Mm. So I tried to do a lot of the the delivery as more like sort of poetry or rap. And then there'd be a chorus that would pop up. And basically, Sue's comment was a lot of the time, could this be more like a song? Could there be less speaking? Mm. Um, So I basically went back to it and and wrote more songs. And there's. Not so much of Bob on the album, but I think overall that's been a positive thing. And then the other thing um, was that I I recorded quite detailed demos yeah, um, with all the arrangements as I thought that they could be and 
put in most of the kind of parts and backing vocals and stuff and sent it to Paul Burton, yep. um, who was producing it. And I kind of half expected for it to come back completely different. Yeah. Because uh, that's I have had a little bit of experience before where I've a song of mine's been recorded for a Spring Harvest album and it's come back and you went oh right you did that yeah. okay well that's interesting but it's, a, it's slightly the sort of smelly cat thing you know when Phoebe <laughs> Phoebe does yeah. smelly cat and then she goes into the studio and they sort of zing yeah, it yeah. all up and, mm, and you kind of go oh smelly, that's not... Ooh, smelly 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 yeah yeah exactly um, but I was really really thrilled because it came back and basically Paul had taken my arrangements. And just sort of made them sound good. Uh, so all the little counter melodies yeah. and parts and riffs and drum breaks and stuff is pretty much as I had, just <laughs> sounding sounding good. You sure he hasn't um, just mixed what you did and sent it back? Well, I think, I think it's a fair amount of my kind of... I mean, obviously he's made it sound a lot better, yeah. but uh, there's there's bits of, of synth and guitar and stuff that is, is kind of my original ideas. But then cool. there's also, you know, some, some great people like Dan Wheeler's playing guitar, so uh, the guitar yeah. sounds amazing. And, cool. It's, it has been really positive. Nice. Well done. Well, and just remind us what it's called when we go search. It's called it. Bob Hartman's Rhyming Bible Songs. And if you go to engageworship.org, we are selling it from there. Um, <laughs> and we're doing a, a, di- a bundle of that and the book for a bargain. Hey, so that's brilliant. That's Good work. How about you, mate? Well, um, I feel like we only recorded a podcast about 10 minutes ago. So I, don't, I had a little holiday, which was nice, actually. Went to Centre Parks. Mm. Um, Huck's just at the age where he can really enjoy this super swimming paradise thing. Um, I think you were at Centre Parks the same time as the Flanagans. What? Which one did you go to? Uh, Thetford, Elveton Forest. Ah, that's why you didn't see each that's other, because there's a different Centre Parks. Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> it was really nice, actually. It was a beautiful, lovely weather, beautiful week and stuff. Um, oh, so that was cool. But what else has been going on? We've had um, a little influx of partner churches, which has been really encouraging. So that's our Excellent. our thing where for Razan worship as a whole, we just we want to be an organisation that is supported by churches, so that what we do is serve exactly what churches need, rather than um, supported by market forces, if you like. There's a long discussion you could have about all mm. of that, but that's kind of a value mm. for us. And so we've been gradually. Um, acquiring or partnering with churches around the country and including one in the states who say we'll support you because we support what you do and help you to fund the work that you do and then we sort of join in with consultation with them about what we're doing and stuff so it's really exciting had a few i think four have signed up recently um so this is a big plug on on air um but really really encouraging because it just means ongoing partnership i think and um connecting with real churches um plans for the live album still going uh, which is on the 25th of May so we really want people to come so uh, there mm. is a, you can sign up on our website if you go on to resoundworship.org slash live album you can actually register and if you register then we'll send you demos of the songs in advance so that when you arrive you kind of know how they go Brilliant. and can we get really stuck in um, I've been, I can't remember if I said this before but I've been producing an album for my friend Paul I've never produced an no, album for that. someone before I've initially just said, Paul, I'd love to produce a song for you. He's a singer-songwriter. And so we did a song. He liked that. He said, let's do an EP. We got to an EP. He said, well, why don't we do an album? Um, so that's where I'm at at the moment. We're up to it. It's going to be about Excellent. 10 songs. And it basically Excellent. means I'm recording it all and mixing it all. And he's getting an absolute bargain. Um, but I'm having quite <laughs> a lot of fun, you know, working with somebody. Yeah. Um, 
I know, I remember I did this before, actually. I sat with several sound writers telling them this and said, it's just so good working with someone who's actually talented. (laughs) 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 Uh, True story. Anyway. Um, And then the final thing is, I don't know if we've said this before, but you and I, Sam, are being commissioned to write a little book on songwriting, haven't we? That is true, Uh, Which is dead exciting, working with Grove Books and, um, or Grove Booklets, uh, and Sam has written his chapters, I think, and I still have to write mine, because I'm I'm not as fast as him. But hopefully that will, I guess that will be out sometime, maybe in the the autumn or something like that, I think. Um, Yeah. But we're really excited about that because there's not a lot out there to... No. Tell you how to write uh, worship songs if, in terms of written stuff. So we are going to be writing yeah. one. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. If you think we've ever said anything wise, could you please email us? <laughs> even as you listen, just email us with the one wise thing we said that has actually helped your yeah. songwriting, and then we can make sure that we include it. Because most of the wise <laughs> things we say are by accident. <laughs> Let's go to some correspondence. I had a lovely email from a lady called Rebecca, which I would like to read to you. Um, it's and it's less about the podcast but more about resound um, songs hi there just a quick message to explain the situation we're in last week my husband found out his father was dying my husband who is a believer rushed to his side and has been at his side ever since he found out the news he's been able to lead his father to the Lord praise God but one mm. night whilst we were travelling to the hospital No Greater Love which is a resound song was playing on Premier Radio this song has been continually played ever since i want to commend you guys for this beautiful song it's brought great comfort to my husband at this painful time it will be a song played at my father-in-law's funeral it's so powerful and it will be a song that will be played in our household for many years reminding us of the love god has for us but also reminding us of our husband's father and when he gave his life to christ thank you for blessing our family with this song wow that is incredible thank you so much rebecca yeah for sharing that we really appreciate that thank you it does show, doesn't it? You you never know what God's going to do with a song, um, mm. you know, and that's that's really that's really uh, precious that, that that's happened, you know, in that difficult time, and that's it's been a blessing to them. Mm. Absolutely. Should we dissect a classic? Dissect a classic. Our classic this month is, um, gosh, they get more and more classic. I think this is one of the classic classicest yeah. classics we've had. <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, this month think so. we're going to dissect Seek Ye First by Karen Lafferty. Um, do we hear a little bit? Shall I play a little bit? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be Yeah, you know the rest. <laughs> Beautifully done, man. Uh, you've been you've been finding out about a bit about this song, haven't you, Sam? Yes, I uh, went on Karen Lafferty's uh, web site. I believe they're calling it nowadays. <laughs> oh, really? Up with technology, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I know. On internet, and uh, yes, uh, she. So her, she is um, from the from America, um, from the sort of. Uh, 1970s, 80s, when there was the kind of new wave of charismatic renewal. Uh, so she was involved in Calvary Chapel mm. and Maranatha music and the the Jesus uh, people, the Jesus movement. Jesus, the Jesus movement people. Jesus movement, yeah. Um, which was basically a, a time when people were using more modern styles of music and they were getting rid of, you know, the the, the older 
more t- uh, traditional ways yeah. and just going for a simplest simplicity. And so you might think about John Wimber, the vineyard movement, but there's also uh, other people around that time. And Karen was a, a kind of leading light of that. Mm. And uh, the the song Seek You First came out of the fact that she uh, she describes in the video how she was kind of feeling kind of a calling of kind of coming back to God and rededicating her life to God. Uh, and then she felt a calling to to ministry, but not uh, sort of paid ministry. And she phoned her mum and her mum said, well, what are you doing? Are you on a church staff? And she said, well, no, I'm not. I'm just living by faith. And her mum said, well, you know, you know, I'm the signatory on your, you know, the loan you took out for your car. And so she's getting more and more worried about money and, mm. and that kind of thing. And then she went to Calvary Chapel and heard a Bible study on this verse, Matthew 6.33. And uh, she thought, wow, that's, there's not a song that she says there's a lot of scripture songs being written around that time. And she thought, we haven't got a song for that. So she just wrote this really simple uh, scripture song. And initially it was just the Seek Ye First and the Alleluia mm. bit. Uh, and then later they added on the the other couple of verses about um, you know, man shall not live by bread alone and ask and it shall be given to you. And then it was recorded on the first Maranatha album. And that's how it became famous and that's yeah you know her whole whole career has kind of followed from that and she went on to form a missionary uh, movement musicians for mission going around the world training at musicians in different countries so she's had a huge uh, impact across the world but this song this really simple song has been the kind of thing that's gone before her yeah amazing um i did discover it has its own wikipedia page <laughs> it does yeah. that must mean it's significant or that just made Absolutely. it or something so and so, Go on. somewhere it said it went all, way, all the way to the Vatican. Apparently, it was sung yeah. In the she Vatican. has sung it in St Peter's Basilica. In fact, wow. apparently, she has sung it in seventy countries. I can believe isn't that, that extraordinary? Yeah. And has learned several different languages in order to sing it. Oh wow! And wow. Uh, you know, it gets more and more, more and more impressive as time goes yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely worth checking out. We can put a link to her website, and yeah, well. you know, if you want to see uh, an amazing woman of God and who's had a really kind of pioneering ministry, then check her out. Can I tell you one reason why I think it's a classic? Yeah, it's got a tune. <laughs> a what? A tune. And it, it's got a, a tune, tune. You say? Yeah, a tune. And I know this seems like a really obvious thing to say, but it is all tune, isn't it? Basically, it's all melody. Mm. The whole thing. It's entirely melody. Um, and you and I could sing it now and we wouldn't need the accompaniment and it would work. And it's got that. Um, there's, so often the, the songs which are really timeless have a melody that just holds itself. I'm sure there's probably a name for that, but it, it kind of implies it implies its own harmony as you sing it. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you think about so many current songs, like some of the ones we've done on, on this show, I was thinking about um, uh, This Is Amazing Grace. Who says the power of sin and darkness? Whose name it You would have no idea that it was going... It's just no. several notes repeated, isn't it? In the context, it works really well. Um, but... This has got a melody that that carries it, and the notes move, and it's got shape, and so on. Um, and I know that seems like a really obvious thing to say, but I think it is significant. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. I remember going to a conference. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but I used to be involved in a heavy metal Christian <laughs> Bible conference. That's a real thing. Um, some people will remember Metal Meltdown. If you're a certain uh, vintage, sorry, oh, you just just want everyone to know. I'm not laughing at having a heavy metal Bible conference. <laughs> I'm just laughing. You're laughing at I'm me just being, there. Sam being there. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I've got some stories. I actually led worship a couple of years in a row. Um, so anyway, yeah. I, I'm sorry that I, this story is not now going to have any weight to it because of Was that. Was there but, a mosh pit? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. There, I mean, I could tell you some stories. Anyway, yeah. there was a band there. Mm. I think they were called Firefly. And he just, he described, uh, the lead singer described, it had, it had, it's, he was working in a school and they sung it in assembly. And he said he, he was getting tears in his eyes because he found it so moving, this kind of simple song. Yeah. And then they did a version which was really kind of heavy. And they kind of made it, they shifted to the minor chords. Of course they did. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it does have, I, for me, that's yeah. got a real kind of haunting feel. Yeah. Um, and I, get, I suspect that, it's, again, the strength of a really strong melody is that you can shift the harmony... And actually, the song still has this kind of weight to it. Um, I think the other reason why I really love this is, is probably if you ask me what my life verse was, I'd yeah. probably say this verse. This is the verse that kind of I keep coming back to, and when I'm having a hard time, it, it sort of it pops up in various places, and God says, mm, "Yeah, well, if you seek first my kingdom, actually, all this other stuff is going to, you know, come together." Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I I really love it. I do I think it's very strong. They. Descant counter melody, that's another yeah. thing, isn't it? That's another reason that his it has been so popular. The fact that you can sing the Hallelujah, Hallelujah over the top um, of it. It's such a strong thing. It's so rare uh, these days in worship songwriting. And I'm going to put my neck out here because it, it's not so congregationally influenced. Mm. I think in a mainstream yeah. a kind of so saying look here's two different parts the congregation can sing let's learn them both let's sing them together and let's have yeah. a part for the so that it's kind of like the people who stand on stage the gifted singers who stand on stage and sing in harmony or even the ones who stand in the congregation and sing in harmony not everybody can do that mm. but they can learn a counter melody it's quite hard to learn yeah. a harmony because it keeps you just find yeah. yourself moving back into the tune don't you but a beautiful counter melody gives you something um allows you to build this beautiful aspect to the music um, and actually play your part in doing that. Could they have improved it, um, Sam? Well, the the main thing that I would say is, uh, so she talks about the fact that they were, you know, there's King James, they were reading the King James Bible yeah. uh, and so they use the King James words. And I always slightly stumble over that because I don't read the King James Bible. Uh, I don't tend to speak to God with ye and thou. Mm. Um and the, the second or third verse about man shall not live by bread alone. I think a lot of people have moved beyond talking about humans as man. Um, but because it's so well known and because it's so short, I think it's really difficult to tweak all of those lyrics without kind of annoying a lot of people. So I would probably still use the these and those and just do it as it is, mm. but always be slightly annoyed that. It, it was like that. I guess it's a it's a good example of how, in your context, if what you read is a certain version of the Bible, then using those words from your the version you read 
is really helpful because yeah. then what you are doing is you're meditating on and you're remembering and you're celebrating the yeah. scriptures in, in, yeah. in the way that the scriptures are to you because when we think of well, you know when i think of the bible i kind of think niv because that's what i normally mm. read mm. um i think all the other versions are sort of versions rather than for me the bible <laughs> is, i know it's not but you know for me the bible is yeah. the niv yeah. and that's what you get here um it kind of there are bits as it goes on where the the way the words fit gets slightly more awkward. The lovely thing about the first verse is, yeah. "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." You can say it in that way, can't you? It also reminds you that words like "unto" are very useful. If we could actually use "unto" instead of "to," our, our writing would be so much more fluent <laughs> and melodious. <wouldn't> it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I haven't got anything. I haven't got anything for you, Karen. Nice one, Karen. Not this time. Um, not that Sam wow. hasn't said. Well, no, you've already said it, really. Um, yeah, great stuff. Let's do 12 song challenge. Yeah. 12 song challenge. Let's review March in the 12 song challenge. Our challenge for March was to write a song of the everyday. A song that we might mm. sing on a Sunday that connects our worship on Sunday with our worship throughout the week and the real lives that we live. Um, and... Uh, a whole bunch of you again have written some stuff. It's so good. It's so inspiring. I love seeing, yeah. love seeing it. I, I guess one thing, um, one comment I would make as I, I went through all the, the various things that people have been writing, and I found myself several times saying to people, "My, I really like what you've written, but my little challenge to you is that you've you've sort of made it sound like the week is something to be endured and got through." Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. is a sort of the world is a place of negativity and battle and so on, and the church is the sanctuary and Sunday is the safety. And, and, and that's sort of, in a sense, I think this is right, isn't it, Sam? That's almost the very thing we're trying to undo. Not yeah. that there isn't some, not that that doesn't reflect a certain reality of experience, but actually the problem is that we, things are so often implicitly weighted on that side. And so just try to encourage people to say, okay, well, now you've done that, just try taking it slightly the other way and, and finding, talking more positive terms about how you, what you're going to get through during the week and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you picked out a couple that you like, haven't you? Yes, I did. Cool. Um, I liked Roger Knipes, Lord of Every Day. Cool. Uh, and I was particularly uh, impressed with the way that Roger uh, picked up. He had a lot of comments, bless him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's taken them on board and then he's he's rewritten it. He's added a chorus. Um, he's, I think, tightened up the, the melody quite a bit. Uh, he was suggesting uh, maybe... Uh, that he might do it in six eight, except his dr- his drummer struggles with six yeah. eight. <laughs> so that's a fair enough. Uh, I agreed with him actually. Enough. I thought it would actually work that's pretty cool. well in six eight. It might be better, but mm. that's you know as as responses go, that's like a winner, isn't it? Because you you always got to say what have I got? Who's in my church? What can exactly. they sing? What can they play? Great answer, yeah. Roger. Should we hear a bit of it? Yeah, let's have a little listen. sing a song of love for you. Fill my heart with joy at all your goodness. Jesus, be the Lord of all I am. Lord of every day, 
I really like about that the amount of repetition in the verses yeah definitely so lord of every day is how every verse starts yeah. and then it's be in my praises yeah. be in my working be in my friendships the length the end of every verse is jesus be the lord of all i am yeah um and then it's got this variation in the sort of particularly in the second and third line uh and and yes yeah, it's a sort of variety of contexts um i think the chorus is a good attempt yeah I wonder if, because he's already said, be the Lord of all I am, it's already said four times, yeah. whether that is really what he wants to then repeat twice again in the chorus. Um, I, I'm not sure. It becomes a refrain, doesn't it? Rather than a, yeah. a chorus in that respect. That's sort of a repeat of the last line. Yeah, I guess I would say uh, I'd agree with you. I just think it's good. It's a good melody. It's really sing- I could sing mm. straight away. Um, yeah. There's a structure to it, which means you it it makes sense and it builds on this. It sort of develops ideas by by repeating a structure. Um, and I don't know if it needs a chorus at all. I know he was encouraged to. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of solid as it is, but it, it, you need to have a thing to say, don't you? And I guess that's the that's mm. the thing with the chorus. Sometimes you feel like you've got to add one, but you actually need it needs to be worth articulating a new thought um mm. in order to be he there he could he could repeat his last line of every verse rather than have a chorus yeah jesus be the lord of all i am it's kind of obvious yeah. but jesus be the lord of all i am yeah so that that would then perhaps mean you don't need a chorus yeah nice um my only other thought for it was um the, the first verse, Lord of every day, be in my praises as I sing a song of love for you. Fill my heart with joy at all your goodness. Jesus be the Lord of all I do. Mm, I, yeah. I just thought it rhymes and it would be a perfectly good thing to sing. Yeah. Maybe Lord of every day, be in my working. Instead of may each task be done as if for you. Lord of every day, be in my working. Um, something, all the labours of my hands. May your grace be seen yeah. in all my actions. Jesus be the Lord of all I am. That sort of thing. So yeah. you kind of combine, you, you get a few different thoughts out of that. Might run out of ideas by verse three, but it would be worth a try, I think. Cause it, yeah. I'm always I'm try. always for a rhyme, if you can get one. Yeah. Great job, Roger. Nice one. And then we've got another one here, which is by um, Helen Pollard. Uh, so let's have a listen. you said to your disciples let the children come to
Christ to one another witness, brother, sister, parent, mm. friend. Very good. Yeah, we should tell the background because she says that she goes to jazz okay. community church and we often refresh old hymns with a different feel. So she's doing um, yeah. the Latin feel uh, behind Love Divine there. So she's taking a leaf out of Hargreaves's um, Three Easy Steps to Writing a Hit Song. Yeah, totally. And taking a hymn tune. I think it's really useful. I feel like it's really good. De- yeah. You know, dedication can be a hard one to find songs for. Yeah. So you know, she's fitted that in really well. Uh, she's talked about her own um, kind of frustrations with being restricted with childcare. Mm. Um, I have to remember that bringing up my boy is one of the best acts of worship I can engage in. So I, I did wonder slightly whether she could be. I mean, she's got some great stuff in verse two about keep us faithful to our calling through the long days and sleepless nights. Yeah. Guiding on from timid crawling through first steps to greater heights. That's terrific. It's really good, isn't it? Um, I just wondered a little bit whether in verse two she can make this transition slightly smoother from, okay, here we are having a dedication to and in our homes. She sort of listed their lives, homes and business. But I just wonder whether, because it's a dedication, can she talk about, you know, and as we go home from this service or something about that just makes that an obvious connection yeah maybe swap the verses as well bring the sort of the day of dedication back in and then start looking outwards oh yeah you go or something like that that. would work yeah yeah but it's great it's great lyric writing um some really some really good ideas in there i like the way that um taking a tune you know and such a such a good one and a good solid whatever it is eight eight whatever it Mm. um Two, three, four, five, six, eight, seven, eight, seven, isn't it? Um, mm. it? It sort of it it shapes your lyrics as you write them, doesn't it? Rather yeah. than letting you express something in some kind of rambling way or something, and then try and try and fit a tune around them. Mm. Um, but I think that's a yeah, really good effort. Well done, Helen. Joel, play a song. I've written one by the skin of my teeth. Well done. Which doesn't mean that I skinned my teeth and then. Like I've just I've just written it. I, I want to give you a new uh, a new expression. This could be a new catchphrase for us. Yeah. If, if you're not feeling it, try stealing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you might work out why when I play it to you. I basically started trying to write something. I thought, oh, this feels a bit like a song by someone else that I already know. Oh well, I'll just push through and see what happens. Yeah. So that's what I've done. I think that's quite a fun thing. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. God of the everyday God of the near and far away God of our work and rest and play I bind myself to you God of the working week God of the schedules that we Sleep, I bind myself to you. Oh, let my day. 
God of my everyday God of the unrequired God of the lonely and the tired God of the sad and uninspired I have guided myself to you God of our days to come God of adventures just begun God of the wonders yet undone I bind myself to you Oh, let my days be for your praise Oh, God of my everyday Oh, let my days <laughs> Excellent. Um, should I name that tune in three? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is 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 it is it stolen from God of the Moon and Stars? Is that yeah, what you're totally. Thinking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the moment I started, I thought, oh, I'm just ripping this off. Yeah. If you're not okay. feeling it, try stealing it. Well, yeah. I think even so, it's really good. I love God of the Unrequired, God of the Lonely, Sad and Tired, God of the Sad and Uninspired. I love that. Thank I you. think that's brilliant. Uh, and I think the lyrics are all really good. Um, I guess, like you say, if you're not feeling it, steal it. Um, at some point, you're going to have to come back and say, what can I do that makes it not feel like God and the Moon and Stars? Um, so it's probably better to write, as you've done, write the song first and then later make the change. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, like, I'm, I'm flowing here. So... Yeah. Exactly. Keep on going, and then exactly. I can steal my own ideas. Exactly. Um, the one, the thing that I would encourage you to experiment beyond is your pushy pull rhythm. Yep. I feel like that makes it feel a bit eighties. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, I'll take that. That's fair. It is a bit, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit. And also, yeah. in reality, although that falls under your fingers, yeah. a lot of people would struggle to play it. Yeah. Um, so I think simplifying that bit um, and making it more straight would would help overall. Otherwise, I really like it. I think you could. I think you could definitely um, turn that into something really usable. Thank you, Sam. I I concur with everything you said. It's exactly what oh, I good. think is excellent. Yes, I just kind of carried on down that path to see where I got to. Ended up writing some lyrics that I quite like with the sort of shape and structure that I quite like. Uh, now next job is maybe see what I can do with it musically. Yeah. Um, and potentially it doesn't have to start with God of the everything every time. It could be different mm. ways of doing that. But like I've got there's a kind of there's a basis there's a spine to it, isn't there? Yeah. It's good. That's a little lesson for you, listeners. It was a little lesson for me, to be honest. I don't know if I've ever really consciously done that before. I had a, basically had a deadline. I thought, I've got to get something written before we record this podcast. And I thought, well, this is where it's going. Let's go yeah. that way. No, it's really good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, cool. Well done. Thanks, Sam. Uh, I want to hear yours then. Yeah. Can you play the demo version? 
because otherwise, as you <laughs> rightly pointed out on the forum, it's going to be very hard to have the res- this responsy bits. Yeah, it doesn't really work singing responses over spi- spipe. Spike? spike? Doesn't mm. over spike. Mm. What? Jesus. God's grace, and God's grace. Favor, favor with us and God. With us and God. We wanna be like you. We wanna be like you. Jesus, Jesus, working with your hand, working with your hand, learning, learning, trade and skill. Sam, <laughs> that's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah. I, I had some false starts with this. I realised, and I think a few, quite a few people, when I looked at the forum, quite a few people also did this. There's a temptation with these everyday songs to go, when I wake up in the morning, when I get out of bed. <laughs> so my first song kind of went like that. Yeah. And and you realise, no, I mean, this is kind of, I guess it's, um, it's a bit like Christ being my waking, isn't it? And that's sort of, and I, I, yeah, and I, so I sort of ditched the original version I had. And yeah. then I thought about Jesus' early life and that yeah. bit in Luke where it talks about, you know, he grew every day in wisdom, strength and uh, grace of God and in favour with with um, God and with all the people. So I thought that is such a brilliant example of Jesus' humanity in his everyday life. So that's what I was trying to bring in. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, you get double points for that because it's as if we'd set a challenge on write something about Jesus' early life. <laughs> um, and which we know, we know, which we know is a gap. Apart from and through all his wondrous trial, tri- childhood, he trial, would, he would honour and obey, um, never stopping watching his mum or something like that, isn't it? In the, in yeah, the just like that. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, you said it's got a bow diddly beat. What's a bow diddly beat? So it's um, you gotta have faith. Faith, you gotta have faith. Desire by you too. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, also, Katie Tunstall. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, just to return the compliment, it's definitely got an 80s vibe to it, hasn't it? With the, <laughs> with the echoes. <laughs> and we both, we both hit a bit of an early Kendrick moment, I think. <laughs> But it's good. It gives the congregation something to do. I'm I'm just all for this stuff. It's a corporate experience singing. Yeah. And call and response is a way of making it a corporate experience, focusing on what you sing and so on. So I think I'm I'm really all for that. Um there's one or two places where you could, you know, massage the lyrics a bit just to make it fit, you know, you know the bits you're hurrying through. Yeah. Um but the basic it's great. It's it's Jesus focused. It's a song of the everyday which will we will learn from it with our from his example but it is focused on him and i think that's really that's exciting that's good it's almost like you've been thinking about this subject for some time (laughs) (laughs) yeah well for a little while yeah we're not feeling too critical today are we sam (laughs) we're just going we're going with the flow it's good stuff well done okay shall we set our april challenge yeah so the April challenge, ladies and gentlemen, is to write a rhyming Bible song. And what? by a rhyming Bible song, uh, yeah. I am using this uh, example of uh, Bob uh, Hartman has written these rhyming Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're aimed primarily at children. Mm-hmm. And they take a story from the Bible uh, mm-hmm. and they write it like a poem. And that might have a chorus. It might have a kind of call and response or some other, some other device like that. Um but I spoke to Bob Hartman, and uh, so what we're going to do now is we're going to hear a few clips of a few of the songs that are on the album, and then we're going to hear the interview with me and Bob. There was nothing at first. There was nothing but God. No planets, no mountains, no chickens, no cod. Then God said the word, and like that. There was light. The light he called day, and the dark he called night. Then the spirit came, the tongues of flame, and everything was changed. Gathered in an upstairs room, where Jesus friends together. But when the wind began to blow, it wasn't just the weather. Jesus, we want to see Jesus. Fathers were mumbling and moaning and squawking. The fathers were scheming and planning and talking. The fathers all grumbled about the queue stopping, waiting in line to see Jesus. Shepherds lying on a hill. The night was silent, all was still. They watched their flock of grazing sheep. Tried hard not to fall asleep when bright and white an angel came to life. You're naked, Eve cried. Yeah, you're naked too, cried Adam. Quick, grab some plants and fashion from thick leaves first through the loom a couple of pairs of pants. Your praises to the king. 
Find a cult that's never had a rider And if the owner asks, just say the cult is for me And that's the only reason you've untied her To the clip-clop beat of the donkey's feet So I'm speaking here to Bob Hartman, who is the author of The Rhyming Bible and the lyricist of The Rhyming Bible Songs album. Woo! <laughs> that sounds ever so fancy, doesn't it? it lyricist. Sounds good, doesn't it? The lyricist. That sounds better than being the author of The Rhyming Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit more rock and roll. Lyricist, yeah. Yeah, a dream come true. <laughs> uh, your dreams come true is when we perform this live at Spring Harvest mm, with a band. Yeah. We're rocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking uh, forward to that. Yeah, uh, that's going to be great. Well, first off, can you just tell us? Um, you are a storyteller and a uh, a writer of, I guess, um, many many books uh, for children about the Bible, or really kind of containing the Bible in different forms. So, how did you get started in in doing that? Uh, I was a pastor at a church uh, in Leicestershire, as it happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, almost forty years ago, and. Um, uh, it was an older congregation. They knew the Bible stories pretty well. Yeah. So if you started into a sermon about a Bible story, you kind of got that been there, done that look, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I started trying to retell the Bible stories from different angles so they wouldn't know where we were going, like, for the first five minutes. Yeah. And, and then hopefully by the time, you know, that passed, they were hooked and they were interested in looking at it in a different way. And one thing kind of led to the other. Yeah. And I got them published. Yeah. So initially it wasn't for children. It wasn't for children at all. No, it was all for adults initially. Yeah. And does your style change if you're writing for children or were you always writing in a kind of fairly whimsical and fun? And what do you, do you see it differently, whether it's for children or adults or? Yeah, I, I see it pretty much the same. I mean, the whole idea of trying to be you know faithful to the passage is, is always there. But <clears throat> and obviously vocabulary changes when uh, you're writing for adults. And also the kind of subject matter you can deal with obviously yeah, yeah. as well. You know, you can deal with some of the grittier stuff. But I think in terms of the actual approach, yeah, I still am trying to be whimsical. I'm trying to be creative. I'm trying to use the story to maybe raise questions people haven't considered in conjunction with the text before. Yeah, so yeah. whether it's kids or adults, it's it's all, yeah, pretty much the same that way. Yeah. yeah. And you've got a lot of different styles. So I, I've got some of your stuff that is like a court more of like a sort of um, a narrative, you know, from a, maybe a, a first person, you know, here's Peter telling the story of something or, um, and you've got some stuff that's very interactive. So it's meant to be done live and you've got, you know, actions that people do or they repeat lines back to you. And then this recent project is this uh, 41 rhyming Bible story. So they're kind of all written as poems. Do you have a favorite style to, to use or, are they all equal or what's the yeah i think i think they are kind of all equal um it, it, like for me it all depends on what i'm trying to accomplish with it yeah so like sometimes doing a first person retelling gets you into that particular character in a way that a third person might you, you know way of doing it might not accomplish so you use that and um yeah if you're doing something that's live then yeah you want something that's that's punchier and it gives people a chance to actually be a part of the conversation. So you give them something to do. Um, and that, I think, also demands a certain kind of brevity as well, that maybe a longer text, you know, that you're just reading. Yeah. Um, and then the rhyming thing, really, I hadn't done hardly any rhyming text at all 
mm. for most of my career. Because uh, Lion, you know, who wrote most of the stuff for, uh, they have a big international department. And so rhyming doesn't work, you know? Oh, okay. I mean, for years, they would basically say no rhyming texts because oh, they had wow. translated and, you know, sold to people all around the world. Huh. So I didn't do any really rhyming text. And then um, I did this thing for Bible Society a couple of years ago, uh, their Christmas and their Easter books, which mm. they wanted to be rhyming text. And and on the heels of that, I got talking to SBCK and they said, oh, could you do this? A whole rhyming Bible. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, fifth story is the story. Uh, <laughs> all right, why not? Let's have a go. <laughs> and actually, I mean, the, I, you know, it was really challenging because I hadn't yeah. had that much experience at it. So yeah. um, it was really fun as a result of that. You yeah. Know? It took a lot of time. But mm. um, I, I, I'm very happy with the results, yeah. I wonder if Julia Donaldson is a is a bit of a a sort of a push nowadays because the gruffalo books and uh, my my kids love them but particularly my niece who's a bit younger absolutely adores them and my sister found um an old cd of i think julia donaldson was initially a songwriter really okay uh, that's cool yeah so she was writing sense. these she was writing these because actually her if you look at her um you know the gruffalo or all those great books they're very tightly rhyming and they're very tightly in a in a meter um, they don't sort of, you know, you get some some rhyming stuff that is quite loose with the meter and stuff. But this is like very much like stanzas of, I don't know what you think. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely. And you're right. It is very much like a song. Um, I, I didn't realize she had been a songwriter, but it makes perfect sense. And and I mean, my grandkids absolutely love her as well. Yeah. And I think it's because of the, like the precision of it. Your Your words have to be absolutely right if you're going to do that and i think there's a real there's a real charm and attraction to that um and i just think I just think kids are drawn to rhyme because it's memorable yeah you yeah. know yeah i mean particularly if you create a really good chorus i mean we are too to be honest with you yeah I mean, we all yeah. go in the car and put the cd or whatever you use these days uh, on the, you know, the <laughs> streaming thing and you put it all on there and it's like oh yeah there's that chorus i love yeah so there is that thing that makes it work. I think the other thing, and this is really interesting, mm. uh, we went to a school to do a little promotional thing for the um, Rhyming Bible mm. and to film some kids listening to it. Oh, great. And so afterwards, they talked to some children about what they thought was good about it. And one girl said this really, really profound thing. She said the cool thing about rhyme, she says, is that because it rhymes, you can guess what's coming next. <laughs> exactly. Which wow, is absolutely it. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's all of that. I just think there's a it's a charm to it, and 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 when you pull it off, when you make it work, mm. you know it's just it's just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to know kind of your approach specifically to writing some of these um, to, to these poems. Um, they are, you know, I was flicking through the book, and they're all pretty different, aren't they? Um, so, you know, how how do you approach writing I don't, if, I don't know if there's a particular one that springs to mind as how you kind of you know decided on what the, the form would be and whether or not to have a chorus and how the rhyme scheme was going to work how, you know how, how do you go about it <laughs> it's a, that's a really technical question and, <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm this gonna is a songwriting podcast we ask technical questions I, and i'm gonna have to answer it by saying honestly i just I was just fumbling around <laughs> trying to find what worked. Honestly, I, w I went and did, there's the story about the man lowered through the roof. I think yeah. that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's on the CD. And one French, two French, three French, four. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, <laughs> I did that at a church um, a couple of months ago. And this lovely gentleman who I've known for a long time, really, really clever guy, came up to me and said, my gosh, she said, that was fantastic. And the fact that she used the bloody, bloody, blah scheme, and I can't remember what the name of the uh, scheme was, <laughs> rhyming scheme, it's amazing that you carried it on through the whole of the poem. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Yeah, it turns out it <laughs> was iambic like, pentameter or something, and you didn't yeah, know. I had no idea what scheme you're talking about. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I was just... Really, I did at one point think that I would try and do a couple of them as sonnets and basically abandon the idea because it didn't work. Um, that, that was as technical as I got. I think in most cases, I just thought, okay, well, <laughs> I can come up with a word that rhymes here and then I can skip a, skip a line. Oh, and I can find a word that rhymes the next bit. So let's try that. <laughs> Somebody was just like, oh, no, I can make them all rhyme. That's fine. So, gosh, I'm... I, <laughs> I'm sure that's probably not helpful to anybody, but there's a lot to be said for kind of just fumbling around and doing what sounds good yeah. and just leaving it at that. I listen to a lot of music too, as you know. Yeah. And, um, obviously, people use all kinds of different rhyming schemes in music and none, you know. Yeah. 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 And, and the fact that it had to be a rhyming in my Bible meant I had to use some rhyming schemes. Mm. But I really was just playing around, honestly. So, so it was a question of a: how do you retell the story? just like I would normally if I was doing it in prose. And then um, wh what works, what just feels good and sounds good, what, what would I want to listen to again? What, what kind of bounces around in your head when you put it down on a piece of paper, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it was more like a guy picking up a paintbrush and just hoping something comes out pretty on the picture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think you're being very humble about this, but I think I mean I'm just flicking through, you know, you use stuff like I mean there's alliteration, the dark and damp the den was dark and damp and deep. The lions growled and roared and leaped. So you you know you're using stuff like that. There's a lot that of was good. Yeah, see that's <laughs> but, alliteration. But like I it? use alliteration when in prose as well. So in a sense, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's because it, a lot of my prose to be entirely fair, because it's storytelling, because a lot of it's meant to be live. There is already a rhythm. There is a kind of poetry to the prose, if you see what I mean. Yeah. That it's yeah. meant to have that kind of poetic shape anyway. Yeah. So a lot of those things that you would normally find in song lyrics or poetry or whatever um, are already kind of a part of what I do. Mm. So it was that was a natural leap, you know. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of like, I'll just keep that kind of stuff. Um, it was just <laughs> finding something to rhyme with a hazuiris. It was tricky. <laughs> With the who? A Hajuiris. I don't even know who he is. He's the he's the king that 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 Esther marries. Oh, okay. Yeah. I clearly which haven't I, read that one close enough. Which, which I had to, which we had to do, was we did it syllabically so people would know how to pronounce it and know how it scanned. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you use is is humour because um, I guess you know when you're working with kids, particularly. Uh, they react, you know, well to humour. So we've got some funny lines that we've been able to pick up um, in one of the songs. It talks about um, Adam and Eve, God fashioned for them the first fruit of the loom, a couple of pairs of pants. And then I had great joy in having the the sort of the backing vocalist go, couple of pairs <laughs> of pants. Which, which is, is brilliant. It's pretty much my favourite line in the whole album. <laughs> uh, and there was another one that we never... 
I, I wrote a version uh, of your Coats and Dreams, the Joseph and his brothers. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really sad that we didn't get to record the. You've written this great uh, verse about Joseph. Uh, Jacob made it many coloured, reds and golds all round, while all the other brothers had to wear coats of brown and brown. <laughs> I just love that. Brown and brown. <laughs> I did like that line, yes. <laughs> But you go, you, that's the other thing about poetry, though. You know, obviously there's some serious poems in there, which you, stories which you have to, you know, respect. But on the other ones, there is just something about the whimsy that just draws people in, isn't it? Yeah. In, in a sense, like that, that poetic form gives you the gives you the right to actually be quite ridiculous sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, which is wonderful. Yeah. It's just yeah. an excuse. Well, again, in the Esther poem, you know, I've got I've got Haman. <laughs> <laughs> Haman being hanged between the water feature and the gnomes. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> there were neither water features nor gnomes, presumably. But, you haven't but un- it, unearthed some archaeological, uh, you know, facts that actually little, there were gnomes. A little fishing rod, you know, comes out. Of <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, you know, you get, you're right. You get permission. Permission is what it's all about to just be a bit silly with them, mm. you know. Um, which is wonderful. Even the chicken in card line, actually. In the oh yeah, well, that's like the, the second line, right? In the whole thing, yeah. there, there was nothing at first. There was nothing but God. Yeah, no planets, no mountains, no chickens, no cod. I mean, <laughs> well, you, you got to start somewhere, and there's not that many words that rhyme with, with God. I had goldenrod, but they were all like, nobody will know what that is. I'm like, okay, fine. Do you know what goldenrod is? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, there you go. It's an American thing, I guess. It's, it's... some kind of fancy plant. It's a line in a in a Sufjan Stevens song. Yeah, there you go. Golden rod and the da da da. <laughs> That's even more obscure than what you were referring to. Uh, <laughs> gotta love him though. See, there's somebody who knows how to have a good time. Oh yeah. You know all Absolutely. that Christmas stuff he's done. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you feel do you feel more inspired by songs than poetry in a way? Yeah, probably because. Um, I've had a lot more exposure to songs than than to poetry, really, when it comes right down to it. Um, I mean, what's Nick Hornby say? He says, you know, the, the perfect art form is the three-minute song. Yeah. And um, he's right, I, I think, anyway. I think the ability to encapsulate, you know, to write a story, to encapsulate a feeling, to carry somebody through a narrative, and to do it musically, and to do it in three minutes is a phenomenal thing to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It's everything. I think it's everything that a good writer wants, because... It demands, you know, again, that you, your, your writing be precise, you know, and really well crafted. I just think it's a wonderful thing. And mm. I feel like, you know, you know, uh, by putting our heads together on this, I feel really good about, you know, some yeah. of our three minute songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I... Some of our four minute songs. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I, I felt when I started trying to write some of them, I was trying to write them more in a bit of a kind of rap style or a sort of poetry style to think, well, how would you perform? And, and then the the p- people at the label, they sort of pushing it, no, more songs, more songs. But actually, the more I delved through your your poems, I realised so many of them were, were really songs. I mean, mm. there's a couple of times where I've added a chorus or repeated a line to be a chorus, but... Yeah, actually, which is perfect, you know. Yeah. The creation, but... the creation one's fantastic. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you like it, but to be honest, there's so many others where actually you've just got great choruses. I mean, I was looking today. At, we <laughs> maybe we should do a second now one, but I've, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sad that we didn't get to do Samson. Yeah. 
because that has a great chorus. Let me just find that quickly. Yeah, the Samson one. Hair, hair everywhere. Samson had a lot of hair. Dark and twirly, long and curly. Samson loved his hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that lends itself to a song, right? And that just keeps going back. And then there's a great one, which would really, you know, this is beautiful, I think. Um, in in the David and Goliath, God help me beat a lion. God help me beat a bear. So when my fears are giant size, I trust that God is there. I mean, what you're doing there, I guess, is you're you're not just telling the story; you're applying it to the yeah. to the lives. Yeah, yeah. It's and 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 I think you know when when that opportunity kind of popped up, I thought, well, that's nice. That's fun. And mm-hmm. you know that will really work. You know, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, oh gosh, I was talking to Dave Roberts years ago about um about songs and uh when i first came over here and uh and and uh and he was saying that you know we we grew up with a lot of story songs but they mm-hmm. seemed to have disappeared or was just still singing all the same old story songs you know? yeah it, yeah that, that we you know so you know could i you know could i maybe think about writing some story songs and and really i can in a sense this is a fulfillment of that as well because mm. there aren't a lot of story songs are there not really I was talking to someone about Ishmael yesterday and they were said, you know, that's how a whole generation learned their Bible was through Ishmael's story Bible song. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of gone by the by. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's really no reason that it should have. Um, I suppose it, it had something to do with the move to worship songs being more about kind of my relationship with God yeah. and the things being directed to him. So it was less, it was just generally less narrative apart mm. from maybe some of like, you know, Keith Getty and Stuart Tannen and stuff, you know, which are more theological in nature, but still they, they, they're attempting to tell stories. But apart from that, a lot of it tends to be more relational. And so I think we moved away from that kind of third person narrative thing. Yeah. And do you think some people are nervous because, I mean, you are paraphrasing a Bible story in each of these. So you are, you, it's not the same as a, you know, scripture in song where you're taking a verse and you're setting it to a song. This is, literally you know here's the whole narrative right i'm gonna recut and and you're making points through that and you're making application and you're <laughs> making some jokes and you're adding some you know bits that aren't really there and everyone knows they're not really there yeah yeah no, but right, i yeah. mean you know what would you say if someone turned around to you and said oh i'm not that they said it's wrong but if they said i'm nervous about doing that because you know what if i get it wrong or... yeah i mean i you know that question comes up almost every time I do like a training because mm. um, if you're going to do a Bible retelling, like of any kind, you know, whether it's in prose or for adults or for kids or whatever, there's always a certain amount of like sacred imagining that goes on. Yeah. Isn't there? Because otherwise just, you know, read it from the Bible. I mean, it, there, there has to be a reason for Bible retellings. And I would say that, that it has to do with um, helping people either to see something in a text they haven't seen before or, creating it for an audience that maybe won't quite grasp what the actual text itself says. Um, uh, I mean, I think there's lots of reasons, but again, within that context, then, you know, there will be uh, a bit of, there will be gaps, I guess. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I guess some people, you know, would be feel more comfortable with narrower gaps and some people with, with wider gaps. And I always tell people to work, you know, to your gap comfort level when you're <laughs> recreating these things. So if you want to stick very closely to the text, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And if you want to be that bit more playful in a sense and stretch, I, I, I'd like to think that most people will recognize, and you could admit it probably it was like probably the best thing to do, but mm-hmm. I'd like to think that most people will recognize that when you're taking the passage and then putting it in a different form, that you are allowing yourself a certain amount of latitude 
yeah. to play with the text, to add things in, to leave things out, you mm -hmm. know, because you otherwise just, you know, just use the text itself. It's like I said, I try to be very careful about being um, accurate to what's there yeah. and, 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 and certainly to the intent as I perceive it in the passage. But yes, I mean, probably my, my gap's a little wider than some people's. <laughs> and the notes right. are a testament to that, yeah. So we're going to challenge our listeners to write their own rhyming Bible uh, song. Uh, what's your encouragement or tip or what would you leave them with as they go away to try and do that? Uh, I would tell them to find a story they really like. Mm. You know, it, I mean, if you're just starting out and having a bit of fun, it's it's much easier to start with a story that you really like than something that you're going to have to kind of struggle through. And <laughs> I'd also start off with one that's quite short. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did an exercise with a bunch of uh, year sixes and teachers years ago where they, <laughs> I made the mistake of letting them choose their own story to retell, to work up together as a group. And almost all of them chose Noah, not realizing for a moment that, of course, the story of Noah spans you know, umpteen <laughs> chapters in the book of Genesis. And about five minutes into it, the teachers all looked at me and said, and they said, hey, <laughs> this thing goes on forever. I said, yes, it does. <laughs> Do Zacchaeus instead. <laughs> it's like nine verses. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I'd say do Zacchaeus. I don't know. Take, start with a short passage because it's easier to work with that than a really... Don't do Joseph. You know, really, don't start with an extended narrative. No, no. Excellent. Well, thanks for that. Um, yes. Th thank you, Bob. Uh, it's great You're to welcome. meet you. Yeah. You too. Bless you. Thanks, Sam. See you in Friday. Yes. All right. Bye. <laughs> Great stuff. Sam, give us a little outline then for how we're going to approach this. Okay. So the challenge is to take a Bible story. Uh, as Bob was saying there, you might want to take your favorite one and take one that's not too long. Uh, maybe you want to use it for a particular thing that's coming up in your church or a holiday club or something like that. And um, basically write a, 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 a song that tells the story. So you might start with that as poetry, as Bob did, or you might do the music and the, and the words together, more like a, you would with a regular song. Um, and I want to encourage people to make it fun. Um, Bob's got a lot of humour in his lyrics, so I think mm. we, could, we could follow that as well. Uh, make it memorable, make it interactive... Um, I think, you know, we, we often talk about the, the fact that songs sit in a different part of your brain to words. So neurologically, um, if you go talk to someone with Alzheimer's, uh, they may not remember their own name or their own family, but they can remember the hymns they learned as a child. Mm. And so I think that this, like writing songs that are tell stories of scripture... Uh, has got a great opportunity uh, with children or all age groups to, to actually, you know, get Bible stories into people's minds. Um, and I think what we're not, I know we have Seek You First as our, as our mm. th um, classic song, but this is not scripture songs. So whereas okay. a scripture yeah. song, you would take a Bible verse and you would try and to, as close as possible, use, you know, the translation and the yeah. wording that comes from the verse. This is more about story songs that tell a Bible story um yeah so we're saying it's got to be a story yeah and you've got to make it rhyme so that means you've got to work with the work you can't just yeah. quote it and sing it 
Yeah. Yeah. Start, yeah. Don't just put a tune to something you read. But actually, exactly. you've got to shape it. Yeah. And sing it. Yeah. And I think sing you know it we and sell it. We, we, we I talked with Bob as well there about um, the fact that actually when you're doing that, you start doing things like making application, which you might not do. You wouldn't really do in a scripture song, but you know you might start thinking about well, how does this impact the lives of the people listening? Yeah. So it's. You know, in, we talked a little bit in the interview about it's almost more akin to preaching in a way because you're actually you're interpreting, you're making application. Um, so there's yeah, there's a, but you know, hopefully you want people to join in with it as well. It's not necessarily a worship song, but it's a kind of it's a song that you want people to join in with. Yeah, great stuff. Really looking forward to this. That's the end of episode 51 of our podcast. Do remember, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can contact us, podcast at resoundworship.org, facebook.com forward slash resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship. And all that remains is me to, for me to introduce our featured song, which this time is a song from the 12 Song Challenge. It's very exciting. Um, and uh, it's one that I started writing in January, wasn't it? We were doing mm. the Easter songs uh, or songs for Holy Week and Easter and um, this is one inspired by the story of Jesus and the disciples in Gethsemane and really drawing on the experience, putting ourselves in the experience of the disciples and what, what Jesus is saying to them. And maybe this will be something you want to sing in uh, the build-up to Easter this year. Bye. Bye. Well, my flesh is weak And my heavy soul would sleep Savior, keep me watching and praying When my eyes grow dim And I'm fooled by the lures of sin Savior, keep me watching and praying Leave me through, get set.